Might I say, you are charming. No, I'm finished. It's Schmanners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. Is extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? You know? That was a deep <laughs> intake of breath. It was a di- you know, some people can say a lot with a sigh. My mm. wife, my wife <laughs> can say a lot with an intake of breath. Well, so here's the thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um... Gosh, it's really nice when a baby sleeps. Yeah. So I was talking with Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking with Justin and Griffin and Dad. But, right. Yes. Uh, because about... all of them have had children or currently have children. Dad had kids. And so uh, we were talking and I was talking about like, baby Dot has not been sleeping great. And Justin's like, how old is she? And I was like, four months. And he said, oh, it's that four month sleep regression. And then he started laughing because he has an inside joke with Sydney that if you Google like baby won't sleep plus age you will find someone saying oh it's that two months sleep regression so three months sleep regression <laughs> three- oh it's that five months oh it's well, that 18 okay. months sleep regression okay he is correct in the way of uh the four month sleep regression can occur anywhere from two weeks old to uh six months old right so it's as if it's, 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 babies just don't want to sleep sometimes yeah yeah yeah, but she slept okay last night. She did, and I am I am feeling refreshed. Uh, in fact, uh, jubilant, jubilant. I'm feeling jubilant. And you know what? None of this has anything to do with that topic. This well, week. but but it does a little bit. Oh? It does a little bit. Um, not for for Dot, but for me, I feel like I am my best self when I have had adequate sleep. Okay. I'm not a happy person when I don't get sleep. I'm not a joy to be around. Okay. I disagree. Okay. I think you're always effervescent. Oh. Uh, always a joy. Always a, a bright shining light in this ever gloomy world. Well, uh, and the reason that this has something to do with our topic, our topic is finishing schools. Yes. Where women were groomed to be the light in their husband's lives. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say gross. Okay. Um, But also, I'm very interested to learn about this, because this is one of those things of like, I don't know, this might be, it's always weird to say a generational thing, because like finishing schools, I don't think have been at least not popular thing for a while, Mm -hmm. but it definitely is like one of those things that I have heard about. Like, I've heard people say finishing schools. And I have no idea what it is, but I'm wondering if there are people listening who are like, let's say 25 or under or 20 and under listening who are like, I've never even heard the term. Okay. Well, so historically speaking, finishing school was the place where affluent young women were taught social graces and etiquette. Okay. okay? Um, And it got this name because it was probably the final step in education that they might have had. It was where you finished all you need to learn. (laughs) Ooh, okay. Yes. Well, so, uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we talk about as far as, like, the language of of our society is what they learned. Um, 
but it, it really had to do with, um, you know, being, quote, a ye- well-bred young lady, I right? See. The the richness of it definitely is a uh, is a factor. Which is why, like, you know, in middle school, you learn about your middle. <laughs> you learn about your belly a lot. <laughs> no, but one could say that your cotillion experience was a kind of finishing school. Oh, it was very much that. Like this is what I I I would say I'm a well-bred young lady. Um mm-hmm. in that like I you know, here's the thing though. I don't know if I've ever gone in depth. Uh I think I've talked about my cotillion experience. But it was like we're going to teach you, you know, table manners and like pulling chairs out for people and like, you know, asking someone to dance and how to do Various dances and stuff. But I remember mm-hmm. uh, Mallory, who was my cotillion date. And I'm really excited that I remember that name. Because uh, I'm really bad with names. Mallory, if you're listening, hello. Um, and the other couple we were sitting with, which I think is Jamie Sullivan, who you've met. Mm-hmm. And maybe my friend Chilton? That might be true. Anyways, uh, like we just sat at the table goofing off like i remember (laughs) like playing with our dinner rolls and like i think at one point like dipping fake leaves into water i can't remember what it was but we were not behaving (laughs) well the dance part i think was probably what everyone was gunning for because like you got dressed up and took really awkward photos and then like um the parents would like sit on the stage and watch the kids dance. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Real weird. All weird. Um, and you're right. I mean, it sounds pretty silly. Um, but the whole thing was that the etiquette of the time period in the 19th and 20th centuries was so specific. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a lot like our Victorian dinner party episode. Okay. Go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to that. It's really fun. It is. It is really fun. I don't know why Teresa just became an old timey phone <laughs> operator. <laughs> But it was really fun. You should listen to it. I thought it was funny. No, it was funny, but it's not. <laughs> Can I get from Virginia five six three one, please? Um, and so what this did was it it was almost like you needed a certificate to say yes, I can marry well. Oh, so this is like an actual qualification that someone might look for. I mean, a little bit. It, if you attended finishing school, it gave you higher marital status just by being able to say, I attended. Huh. Like, you know, like an Ivy League school would yeah. at some point. Um, so it was it was there to help prepare women of a certain social status, socioeconomic status, yeah. um, for every social situation imaginable to make them the best hostess, wife, um, arm candy. Crime fighter. No, no, no crime fighter. Dang. Um, the domestic partner, all yeah. kinds of, of thing that they could Cage be. Cage fighter? No. No, huh? Okay. I'm not saying you didn't, you, you, you couldn't cage fight. What I'm, what I'm saying they is. They probably had fight clubs in the basement after hours. It wasn't officially right. on the curriculum. Ah, it was an extracurricular. They, uh, these finishing schools were kind of like boot camps, uh, specializing in how to get your man. Oh wait, can we go back ahead to in the world? Can we go back to when we were talking about cage fighting and then also how to get your man? This will work. Okay, all it's, right, I'm it's ready. It's where Mortal Kombat got the phrase "finish him." Ah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, listen, Vid- video games. It was a long walk for a short drink of water, but <laughs> it's hey, listen. I don't have a lot to bring to this episode, <laughs> but I'm doing my best out here. 
So you would undergo training on how to entertain your husband's colleagues and friends in a way that would lead an advancement to his career, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the whole, you had to know how to behave when the boss came over for dinner. Yeah, that old trope from like TV shows. I'm and, like, the boss is coming. What are we going to do? Right. And the finishing school would tell you what you're going to do. Is that um, still a thing, by the way? I mean, I'm my own boss, so my boss is over here for dinner all the time. But is that a thing where like your <laughs> boss comes by and it's like, if, if you burn the roast, I'll never get that promotion. Was that ever a real thing? I mean, certainly you want to impress someone who has uh, their thumb on your future, right? I guess so. That just seems like such a, I guess back in the day, it was like, yeah, listen, a lot of people can do this job, but do I want to hang out with you at like social functions and shit? I, I guess that's stuff. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. And speaking of things that we've seen on movies and TV, uh, that whole book balancing posture thing, uh-huh. that's real. Really? What if you just have a really lumpy head? Well, here's the huh? thing. Um Anyone can really balance a book on their head oh, while they okay. do stuff. It's about the rest of your body, what what your posture is doing while you do it. You can slump in a chair and keep your head still enough to to balance a book. So it's not it's not really about the head. You know what I mean? And listen, folks, I've seen Teresa balance books on her head. She is not making this up. She's good at it. I am good at it. Yeah, she has a nice flat head. <laughs> Um, so not only was it kind of the social things, it, uh, the bodily things, it was also penmanship and grammar, uh-huh. because you had to be able to write those fancy invitations we talked about, right? You know what's interesting about this so far? To, well, everything. But what is specifically interesting to me right now is like, maybe this is where the generational thing comes in, because this sounds like something that a a subset, a large subset of like our parents' generation would believe that kids should still have in some form today. Yeah, well, don't you think that they should have it in some form yeah, today? Not, not in these terms. I mean, like, that's the weird thing, right? Because the I think something that we've learned on this show and discussed over and over again is that like by the time a new generation becomes adults, the things that the previous generation adults think are important is really not that important anymore, right? Like when right. when we were kids, like cursive writing was like a it's big true. thing. That's nothing. And now. they keep telling, they kept telling us that oh, in high school you're gonna have to write everything in cursive, right. and then they wanted us to type everything. Right. And then in high school they were like, oh, in college they're gonna expect your writing to be legible. No, but by that point, and then they wanted us to type everything. Computers were such a thing by that point that they were like out the door. I mean, same with like math. You know, it was like everybody, everybody needs to learn to do like up into algebra and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like you know nowadays with like computers and. Everybody has a calculator in their phone. Yeah. And like most jobs do not require you to do algebra all that often. Geometry, still very important. Everyone should learn geometry. That's just spatial relations, folks. <laughs> but like, but algebra and calculus are very job specific. Right. And so I think that that's it is we're sitting there. I'm like, oh, yeah, posture is important. I'm like, is it? 
Is it as important as I, I mean, think it is? I think that it nowadays it's not important about the way that you would judge someone by their posture, but the way that health and wellness is pervasive in in its at least our Western society. If you don't have good posture, you're going to be in pain a lot. See, but here I'm okay. Not to keep going off on my own experience, but I remember. That's what this show is about. That's true. I teach you about manners and you talk about and your And I talk about whatever. Uh, <laughs> in middle school, we had home ec classes that were right? split, into, split into two groups, right? One group of the home ec classes was like sewing, laundry, you know, like keeping like home stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the other half was like cooking and kitchen stuff. And like, I wish one... I had taken that way more seriously when I was a kid. Yes. That was, you know what? I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but that was like the one class I ever got accused of cheating in. Really? Because I finished my cross-stitch pattern so quickly that the teacher was like, your mom did this. I was like, no, because what the teacher did not know or believe after I told her is I'd been cross-stitching for like six years at that point. Because <laughs> my mom taught me when I was a kid. I'm not, well, I was still a kid. But when I was like seven, I started cross-stitching. So I like whipped through this like wolf's head howling at the moon pattern in like four days. And she was like, your mom, your mom did that. And so she made me do another one. And I was only allowed to work on it in class. And I finished it in like two days. And she was like, yeah. okay, fine. Okay, fine. But like the cooking <laughs> class specifically is like, I should have paid more attention. I should have paid more attention to these things. Like that is something that but I But you're, you're learning now. I'm making I mean, it for now, yeah. Quarantine, even before quarantine, has been really great. You're cooking. But now quarantine has given me time to perfect things I was already kind of good at. Hey, actually, let's be... Uh, let's be self-isolation. Self-isolation, because let's be specific with our language None of us are sick. We're yeah. not in quarantine. We are self-isolating. But I, I think that that is something that I would stand by that every child would benefit from, but mm-hmm. maybe not in middle school. Maybe that that's something like like in high school, even of just like, hey, you know what this is good for? To impress a, a potential partner. <laughs> so let's work on that. Here are some things you would learn in finishing school to impress your potential partners. Uh-huh. Um, dancing, music lessons, embroidery, French, the correct way to serve and prepare tea, proper ways to address nobility, the language of flowers and fans, and conversation topics. Sounds like a lot of the stuff that we cover. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I, I will say, I think while embroidery is a great hobby and noble and anyone who does it is great, that might not be as essential now as like sewing a seam. Right. Sewing on a button. But I assume that the reason you're learning embroidery is at this point in the person's life, they were expected to know yeah, how I to think sew so. on a button and like sew a seam. Like that was not, that was basic stuff. Right. And this, and was, this was the flourish, the right. finishing, if you right. will. Right. Um, I do like that they were taught French. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, here's one of the, the reasons why French was so specific um, is because a lot of these finishing schools were located in Switzerland. Huh. And Switzerland is renowned for its private finishing schools, uh, most of which are nestled near Lake Geneva. Um, and a lot of the citizens there are multilingual. You could practice. And finished. And finish. <laughs> no. No, finished. they're finished. <laughs> they might be finished. No, that's Finland? Um, uh, let's see. There were native French speakers. There were German speakers. There were English speakers. So there were a lot of, 
a lot of things that you could learn and practice in addition to other arts and literature, maybe German if you're feeling fancy. Okay, see, this is surprising to me because right up until this point, Mm -hmm. I have been thinking about finishing schools as like, you know, a local like woman taught a group of 10 women at the community center. Okay. These things. This is something that we will, uh, I'll talk about a little later, the distinction between finishing schools and charm schools. Okay. I think what you're thinking of is charm school, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to go through a couple of the uh, the popular Swiss, Switzerland, is it Swiss? No. Swiss, yeah. Swiss. Swiss. Uh, <laughs> Swiss finishing schools. Yes, but before we do that... How about a word from some other Max Fun shows? I can't hear I myself, myself, but I'm assuming. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. Hey, thanks for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb. Definitely dumb. And like, uh, right here, this one, Meritless. What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan, Jesse, Go. And it's free. Jordan, Jordan Jesse, Jesse, Go? Go? Jordan, Jesse, Go. Jordan, Jesse, Go. A real podcast. Strange planets. Curious technology and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Okay, tell me about these popular Swiss finishing schools. Okay, well, the the two most popular um, would probably be Brilliantman, founded in 18... Brilliantman? Brilliantman. Okay. Uh, founded in 1882, which is offering, which offers what's called a grade 14 or a graduate year of kind of cultural studies. Um, also, the Chateau Montchoisy. Ooh, oh, look at you! That is a good, that is a good pronunciation. Thank you. I practiced. Founded in 1885, offered a similar program. It taught social graces to everyone from Romanian princesses to Hollywood actresses. In oh. fact. Oh, there are some uh, historical figures who attended Swiss finishing schools, namely uh, Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall, uh-huh. um, Anne Marie of Queen Anne Marie of Greece, and even Princess Diana. So, okay, back when you said they were taught how to like interact with nobility, mm-hmm. my first thought was like, that seems a bridge too far. Nope. But you, this is like for people who were actually going to interact with nobility. Yeah. They, that was not like, just, ugh, okay. Totally. Okay. So now we're going to talk about oh, finishing school versus charm school. Around what period of oh. time was like finishing school 
a thing? Like, up until blank, was it a thing? Um, so probably... Because you're talking about Princess Die, so that's got to be, like, at least, what, this 80s? Okay. Um, for, for nobility adjacent, especially in Europe, it continued throughout the 80s and even the 90s. There are still finishing schools today, okay. which, again, I'll talk about later. You're jumping ahead. Sorry. I'm just so fascinated. <laughs> uh, but probably the second wave of feminism in the 1960s is when finishing schools moved out of the, the commonality, especially in the United States. Okay. So, what is the difference between a finishing school and a charm school? Okay. Um, so we've talked about how finishing school is kind of, it's in a way camp almost. It's part of like a, a boarding school education, right? So it's yeah. the, the very last step of that. Um, and it's strictly for really upper class ladies or quote, polite society. Um, and the whole idea is it fills your gap between the end of schooling and the beginning of your marriage, right? Okay. So it's it's that kind of preparatory uh, period. Um but charm school is different in the way that it's an American invention and I'm sorry, it's a U.S. invention. Uh-huh. And um, it's more about teaching working and middle class people manners instead of preparing them to be like lords and ladies. Right. OK. Um, so you might go to charm school in the 40s if you were a working class girl and you wanted to be a secretary. Right. OK. Um, so it would teach you to be more employable, more approachable. Um, how to, all these are in quotes. All I these in, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how to answer the phone, how to take a memo, all that kind of stuff. So the it, it, charm school seems a little bit more about elevation. Sure. Right? I mean, they're both about ele- elevation. Sure. If the if you go to finishing school, you hope to marry up still. Yeah. Yes. But that seems like polish, right? Okay. Like where where. Charm school seems like something where it's like you might actually like raise a class level because you went to charm school. Like you're going to go from like working class to like being someone's secretary. Right. And like maybe even move up the ranks of like better life and everything. Potentially. Yeah. 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 I would argue that finishing school did something similar in just a less let's let's say less socioeconomic Oh, uh, sorry. Way. My point, to be clear, my point was like, it was a, like, when you said it's a U.S. invention, that makes sense to me because we're a very bootstrap kind okay. of company. So, okay. or country. And so it seems like. <laughs> you know, Freudian slip. Mm, it seems like something that would be offered of like, hey, pay us for this and it might help you advance in life, right? Yes. Like where the finishing school seems a lot more for lack of a better word elite where it's just like no no you're lucky to come here we're not just like looking for people to pay us mm-hmm. for this service okay like, i get it yeah okay. yeah i understand now and the the cool thing is modern finishing schools are almost a an amalgam of finishing and charm schools okay. um the british butler institute has one that they've set up uh for males actually um, whereas historically finishing schools were, were for women. Um, these schools educate on things like building relationships, communication, confidence, body language, self-image, and personal representation. I think that's pretty cool. That's, that's some good positive masculinity traits. Sure. 
Sure. I, I will say with very little deviation from the description, though, you do get into like some more toxic, like how to carry yourself like a dude, you know, but I don't I mean, think that's it. Yeah. I don't think that's it either. Um, the Washington Post did a study in 2013 on what makes workplaces successful, hypothesizing that employees with strong STEM skills, science, technology, engineering and math mm-hmm. uh, would be at the top of the list. Turns out. Not so. Oh, uh, modern charm schools who that would um, would focus on these quote soft skills, um, things like communication, empathy, listening, things like that were really what companies hired, fired, and promoted. Right. This is okay. So this is this makes complete sense to me in a way, right? Because in a world. In a world. <laughs> no, and, and I, I have done hiring for companies before. Now, granted, these were like retail employers, right? right? So it wasn't like highly specialized jobs or anything. But what I came to find out was like, you know, a lot of people are qualified for a position, right? Yes. Is when, when especially in, in this economy, when you put up a quali- like a position that requires certain qualifications, right? The people with those qualifications jump at it. Yes. Right? So if everyone's qualified for the job, Mm -hmm. the the actual determining factors are like how someone does in the interview, eye contact, answering, do they seem confident? Do they seem like someone you'd want to work with? Do they seem like all of these things? This is very reminiscent to our actor training. Yes. Where um, everybody who auditions is great. Right. Everybody's talented. They wouldn't be doing it. They wouldn't have a resume if they weren't. So a lot of times, directors and casting people look for someone who they want to hang out with. Right. I I, I will never forget uh, one of our professional uh, like acting classes, like pr- preparations for professional work, Ooh. which seemed like a tongue twister, unnecessary to me. But uh, we had like a guest speaker. We just was, called it audition prep. That's way better. Uh, we had a guest speaker who was a casting director, and he basically said like. Everyone is a good actor. It's about who you want to hang out with after you rap, like at the rap party. Yeah, and totally. it's like I think about that all the time, right? It's like if you are qualified, super great. But if you're qualified and like you're not making eye contact during the interview and you're not like, if you don't seem fun, I that or should confident or confident or, or whatever, or at least personable, right? Which why why it makes sense of like. And don't get me wrong, STEM skills are so important. <laughs> but this is this coming from the guy who just said, "Who needs algebra?" I get that. <laughs> <laughs> We're but, assuming that you're qualified for the position. Right. For it's like I get why these soft skills might oft be overlooked. Indeed. So um, it turns out that these manners and respect and and working into society are more important now than ever. Uh, kindness, respect, and social graces are statistically linked to happier work environments, higher paychecks, and even better quality of life. Yeah, so I think that if you removed all of the, you know, misogyny and sexism stuff of, like, to catch a man um, kind of <laughs> deal and, like, you know, all of that stuff, I think the idea of the importance of, I mean, it's why we do this show, right, Etiquette? Is, is Absolutely. Important. I guess you all should keep listening to our podcast. Once again, I don't know what this is. 
But well, I like now, it. Don't now it's a recurring thing. I mean, I like it. I want to keep doing it. Okay, I like it. Don't get me wrong. Just don't know what it is. <laughs> but like this idea of like, I think that it is, you know, the pendulum swings, right? Sure. Is for a while, it's like we're so focused on manners and etiquette that we're not educating on like education. And then we're so focused on education that we're focusing on like test scores and that and not focusing on like teaching them to be good human beings. And if we can somehow land square in the middle where it's like, yes, education is important, but education should take on many forms of like, not just teaching them like how science works, which is important, but also like how to be a good person. Who's not a real jerk. You know, like I feel like I can get behind that. Yeah. Kind of like Mr. Rogers did. Kind of yeah. like how Mr. Rogers is like, I'm going to teach you about creativity and how things get made, and also how to not be a jerk. Here are some quick and dirty tips so that you can look like- Teresa's quick and dirty corner. You went to a Swiss finishing school, too. Oh, please. That's my dream. <laughs> okay. A lot of this we we talk about constantly. Uh, we have separate episodes on a lot of these things. Table manners are very important. Um, not the kind of stuffy uh, manners that we, we may have spoken about in the Victorian age, but things like Make sure that you are aware of the table setting, right? Mm-hmm. Things are on the table for a purpose. Um, you have different, uh, you know, different forks, different spoons for different courses and things like that. Nothing is ever on accident. Uh, you could probably even tell what might be served by looking at the utensils. I'm also going to throw my own two cents here and remember that table manners doesn't just have to do with like how you cut your food and how you treat weight. It also has to do with like conversation. Absolutely. Making sure that everyone's included, that you're asking questions and not just telling stories, that you're looking around and not just directing everything to one person, all of these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with uh, you should be precise in your language. Things like um, bon appetit are really not in vogue at the moment. You could say, please. Let's chow down. Please enjoy. Dig in. Um, and instead of saying pardon or sorry, excuse me is a is really a catch all, uh, especially if you are if you are dining in society. Um, there's no need to say where you're going. So a lot of people say I need to use the restroom when in fact all you have to say is excuse me. They never need to know what it is you are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know. Just in general, etiquette isn't about being a snob or alienating people, alienating people, excuse me. It's about confidence building. Mm-hmm. It's about navigating in society. That's the word I was going to use, navigating. Navigating. It's about, it's about being, you know, being hip to the common language so that we can all... <laughs> We can all just get along. That's it's not just thing. about getting along, but we, you know what I mean. How we, we say can... it all the time, right? It's like it, etiquette is not about judging others. It's about being your best self so that you feel good in the interactions, right? So that you walk away saying, like, I felt good about that. Like, I think that everybody had a good time. I had a good time. Like, there, I'm not walking. I mean, for me personally, it's helped me not walk away thinking, like, did I embarrass myself? Did I say something dumb? Did I talk too much? Did I interrupt too much? All of these things. 
exactly. Um, you want to have a welcoming energy, a a um a general kind of knowledge and and self assuredness, and this is what modern finishing schools and charm schools um would provide for you. Sounds good. Yeah, we should start our own finishing school. I don't have time for a finishing school. I have a four month old. Fair enough, and a three and a half year old who is we're just really coasting on she her. She is. She is so easy at this point. She's the tops. She's, She's a great, great kid. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it. Please tell somebody about it. Say, hey, I think you really enjoyed this. Uh, go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. You can also check out all the other Macroy products on uh, Family. I meant to say Macroy Projects, and I uh, said Macroy Products. Maybe you meant to say Productions. Maybe that. It still works. Uh, you can also check out merch at MacroyMerch.com. Uh, let's see. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can tweet at us and follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. When we take questions for our uh, our episodes, we will post those ahead of time, and that's where we get our questions from. Um, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinnett Photography for the cover banner of our fan-run Facebook group. Um, um, if you would love to get and give excellent advice, that's the place for you. Schmanners Fanners is the name. Um, also, this topic was suggested by our our research writer um, and and all around great gal, yeah, Alex. Um, but if you would like to suggest a topic, you can email us schmannerscast at gmail and though it may be implied, let's just go ahead and say it. Thank you, Alex, Thank for you, helping Alex. us with this episode. Great idea, great writing, great uh, research. And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next time. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.